May God give us great grace to be bold like Philip in the proclamation of the gospel. Hello friends, welcome and thanks for listening. In this series of podcasts, we're looking at evangelism in the book of Acts. We've looked at uh, the first sermons by Peter in the last episode. We looked at Stephen's speech to the Sanhedrin. And today we're getting into Philip's adventures in Acts chapter 8. So we have Philip, one of the first followers of Jesus, though not one of the twelve. So after Stephen is stoned, there's this great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and the believers are scattered, it says, throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So the apostles stay in Jerusalem, but the other believers are scattered all outside of Jerusalem. And Philip is one of these who is scattered, and he comes up several times in, in Acts, and he's referred to sometimes as Philip the Evangelist, because wherever he goes, he's sharing the gospel. So we're going to take a look at how Philip shared the gospel with the people that he encountered. But Philip was also one of the ones chosen in Acts chapter 6 to serve in the uh, ministry of the the distribution to the widows. And I think there's a lesson for us even in that, that both with Stephen and Philip, we have these men who were chosen to serve, and the apostles said it's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables, Uh, but yet these men were faithful in, quote, serving tables or in taking care of these widows and and the food distribution or the distribution of these resources to take care of these widows, and then God also used them in the proclamation of the gospel. So as Mother Teresa said, we can do no great things, only small things with great love. So there's no ministry or no deed that we should ever look down on and think, oh, that's not really that important, that these men were faithful in this ministry to the widows, and they were also faithful in the proclamation of the gospel. And so we should also be that way, that we shouldn't look down on any small ministry, any small thing. We just be faithful, and however God chooses to use us, we leave that to him. Now in Acts 8.4, it says, those who were scattered went about preaching the word. So what was the word that they went about preaching? Well, look at verse 5. It says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. So this is the word that Philip is proclaiming. He's proclaiming to them the Messiah. So what does that mean, especially to Samaritans? You remember Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well in John chapter 4, that he also revealed himself to the Samaritans and the lady that he's talking to at the well says, you know, when the anointed one, when the Messiah comes, he'll explain us, he'll explain everything to us. And Jesus says, the one you're speaking to is he, that the Christ has come, he tells this woman. And she goes and tells the whole village and they accept him as the Christ. So this means the arrival of God's kingdom, that God has sent his anointed one to bring the kingdom of God in our midst, to bring the kingdom of God upon us. And Philip does signs and wonders. In verse 6, it says, When they heard him and saw the signs that they did, all of the crowds are paying attention to him. So Philip is ministering with power. Again, we've said before that one of the key themes of evangelism in the book of Acts is the supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit at work in the believers. So he's doing signs, he's casting out demons, he's manifesting the kingdom of God. And it says that there's much joy in that city. 
Look at verse 12. It says, But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. And even this Simon the magician believes, and um, you know he's amazed at the power that's operating in Philip. And the apostles come, and they lay hands on these new believers, and they receive the Holy Spirit. They're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so this is the spread of the gospel beyond just Jews. It's spreading now into Samaria, in with these Samaritans who, you know, as you may remember, were the enemies of the Jews. They were not, they did not get along, the Samaritans and the Jews. And yet here the gospel is breaking through these cultural barriers through Philip's ministry, through the proclamation of the word of God through Philip. He was willing to go into these places just because he had been driven out of Jerusalem. There's nothing that indicates that God led him this way. He was just scattered out of Jerusalem, and so he went about preaching the word of God to anyone who would listen. It almost kind of gives us that impression, and he's performing these signs, and the the community gathers to him, and he speaks the word of God to him, and they accept the word of God. But for our purposes, learning how the first followers of Jesus preached the gospel, trying to get a handle on evangelism in the book of Acts, we see Philip operating in supernatural power, and we see Philip talking about Jesus as the Christ and the kingdom of God and people being baptized. So we can assume that they were proclaiming the repentance and forgiveness of sins. Then down in verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So, to me, that's also really significant because at first, Philip just kind of strikes out on his own. He's been driven out of Jerusalem and he just goes around proclaiming the word of God. And then later, he gets very specific angelic direction about where he should go. And then even later, we'll see that he's actually supernaturally translated to another location. So it's kind of this increasing level of God directing his steps. But I think that that's also really significant that he just started He just started and went out proclaiming the word of God, and then God directed him, and then God supernaturally transported him to where he was supposed to be. And so I think we can also apply that to our own lives, that we should be active in proclaiming the word of God, and then let God direct us specifically through an internal witness of the Holy Spirit, through uh, a trance, a vision, all of these different things that we see in the book of Acts, angelic direction, that's all good, even being translated supernaturally to another place, that would be awesome. But notice the progression. It's not that he was staying at home alone in his house, and then he was supernaturally translated to where he should go. He was already being active, and then God directed him, and then God supernaturally transported him. So likewise, we can learn from that, and we can see, you know, I think it's Andrew Womack that I've heard say, for a boat to change its course, it has to be moving. So first you have to get some motion, and then if you turn the rudder on a boat while it's moving, then it can change direction. But if the boat is just sitting still, doesn't matter how you turn the the rudder of the boat, there's not going to be any change in direction. So sometimes it's good just to get some momentum to go out and be obedient in the things that we know to do, to go out and proclaim the gospel, to go out and love people, serve people, and then trust that God will direct our steps as we are faithful to obey him. So Philip's next adventure is to go down uh, to this desert place, the road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza, and it says he rose and he went and he encounters this Ethiopian. 
And the Spirit says to Philip, go over and join his chariot. So again, we see the Spirit of God directing him very specifically. So Philip ran to him. I love that part too, that Philip is obeying quickly. And when the Spirit says go, Philip runs to him and he hears him. He overhears him in his chariot reading the prophet Isaiah. And he says, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch answers him, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invites Philip to come up in his chariot. And the passage of scripture that uh, the Ethiopian eunuch is reading is Isaiah chapter 53. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shear is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch asked Philip, about whom I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? And then Philip opens his mouth and beginning with this scripture, told him the good news about Jesus. And they see some water and the eunuch gets baptized. And as they're coming out of the water, Philip is supernaturally carried away by the Spirit of God. And it says the eunuch saw him no more, but went on his way rejoicing. And Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Philip is just such an inspiring brother in the Lord that wherever he finds himself, he just preaches the gospel, telling people the good news about Jesus and the kingdom of God. And of course, there's so many things that we can learn from Philip's example, but we see, again, the supernatural empowering of the Holy Spirit at work at Philip's life, this man who is active in the church, serving people, taking care of widows, and he's proclaiming the gospel. And the other thing that sticks out to me is this is not, quote-unquote, relationship evangelism. He is preaching and proclaiming the gospel to total strangers And I think this is important for us to recognize and to learn from. We don't need to spend hours and hours, days and days, weeks and weeks, years and years cultivating a relationship before we share the gospel with people. The word of God is powerful enough. We don't need our gospel presentation to be based on the strength of our relationship with that person. Now, of course, there are going to be relationships in our lives where people will listen to us because they respect us, because we have a relationship with them, and we should by all means be good stewards of those relationships and look for opportunities to speak the gospel into those people's lives. But on the other hand, we don't need to think that someone is going to come to Christ because of their relationship with us. Someone is going to come to Christ because the Spirit of God is drawing them, and they want to know God. They want to know Jesus And so just like Paul said, I don't want your faith to be dependent on a convincing argument from me. I want it to rest on the power of God. Likewise, someone's faith doesn't need to rest on their relationship with us. The word of God is powerful enough. And Philip is a wonderful, amazing example of this. And we also see in Philip a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. He's being led by the Spirit, and he's wise in the way that he acts, and he's bold. So, May God give us great grace to be bold like Philip in the proclamation of the gospel. In coming episodes, we're going to continue looking at evangelism in the book of Acts. How did the first followers of Jesus share the gospel? What was the message they were proclaiming? And is there any difference in the way that we see evangelism done today? 
and the message that is preached today. Thank you so much for listening.